You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Here's RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet, RG3 is going to outrace everybody. 3-2. Here it is. The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. show is brought to you by Christ I can't find it the hell with it it's called pirate radio welcome 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 everyone to a brand new episode of GGR post game with me your host MC Brooks and we're at the end of 2022 um, and I wanted to put at least one more podcast out before the year was out kind of discuss some of the big major uh, sports stories in the back half of the year. It's been a while since I actually did put a an episode of Post Game out, and that is for a number of reasons. If you're really interested in hearing why that is, make sure you go to my other podcast, The Overflow with MC Brooks, where I talk a little bit more about, you know, why I've been really lacking with putting more and more content out. But I did want to just offer some of my own thoughts, brief thoughts, on some of the major sport things that happened in sports over the last couple months. And uh, also talk a little bit about what I want to do with this podcast going forward into 2023. With that being said, make sure you go to Great Geek Refuge to uh, find early episodes of this podcast, as well as episodes of my other podcast, The Overflow with MC Brooks, and episodes of our other podcasts on the network, such as At The Diner, FedCon, The Gamer Den, etc. With that being said, also make sure you are following us on all social media. We're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, where we have a pretty active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us, we're also Great Geek Refuge on Patreon, where for a few bucks a month, you can get access to some awesome exclusive uh, exclusive content, such as podcasts and uh, merch. Speaking of podcasts, we, uh, we actually just dropped the full-length episode of our ggr holiday party which is a patreon exclusive um i believe mike may have put a a small segment out of it out you know in case you like to hear you know some of the things that we discussed and games we played so on and so forth but to hear the full thing you'll have to be a member of the patreon so with that being said let me go ahead and uh get into these these big stories of 2022 
So there are three things in particular that I'm going to talk about that I just want to briefly offer my thoughts on. I may, I may do deeper dives on these eventually, but, um, you know, a lot with the way news media works in this country, like if you're not talking about something in the moment, it's automatically old news and no one wants to hear. But luckily here at GGR, we don't operate like that necessarily. Um, if there's something we want to discuss, we want to discuss it. And even though I have some other things that I definitely do want to go more in depth on, um, I do want to just offer some very brief thoughts on uh, some of the, the, the big major things that have happened um, recently. And there, there are three stories in particular that I'm going to highlight and talk about. So let's start out with some really happy news, which is, first and foremost, WNBA superstar Brittany Griner was brought home earlier this year after a nine, ten month stint um, in Russia. Uh, where she was being held pretty much as a political prisoner. Um, and and thoughts surrounding her release kind of fall into two or three different camps. Um, you, 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 you know, firstly, you either fell on kind of where I fall, which is I'm happy as hell that she was brought home because she shouldn't have been in prison to, to begin with. Um, if, if you listen to people who have, uh, who um, talk about, you know, law in Russia and whatnot, for the most part, for which she had, generally speaking, she should have been let off with a fine. But for a number of other reasons that I won't really get into here, uh, she was being held uh, for, for, for leverage reasons. So of the three prevailing thoughts that seem to exist surrounding her release, uh, for the most part, I, a lot of people fall where I do on this, which is I'm happy as hell that she was brought home. Um, I don't really care who or what they gave up to get her home because the fact is that she should have been brought home to begin with. She shouldn't have been imprisoned to begin with, but I'm glad that she, she, that she was brought home and that very much is a cause for celebration. Then you have the second and third opinions kind of sound the same, but they kind of exist on a, on a spectrum, right? So the, the first the the, the, the better end of that spectrum, I should say, are people who are like, yeah, I'm happy that she was brought home, but it doesn't feel right that she was brought home uh, because there is a Marine who is uh, currently imprisoned over over there uh, named Paul Whelan, right? Um, and then the more extreme end of that are people who are like who who don't believe that she, who are not happy that she was brought home at all, and think that she should have just been left there, and they kind of seemingly they they because I don't believe they actually care about Paul Whelan, but they bring up they will bring up Paul Whelan, um, uh, they'll bring up Paul Whelan and say that you know, uh, WNBA player isn't worth more than someone who served their country, so on and so forth, right? And the reason I wanted to separate those last two opinions is because I do think there are people who believe that in good faith, and then there are people who I think believe that in bad faith right and i don't want to lump all of those people together because i do think there are people who genuinely and this is without like really knowing much of anything about paul whalen or the details of anything which is uh basically they, they just genuinely feel like yeah like it it, it is kind of feel messed up that we left people over uh over that we left someone over in russia and i want to separate those people from the people who are pretty much saying it in bad faith, which is they, they don't believe a black woman should have been brought home 
um, and and they don't actually care about Paul Whelan, but they're they're basically using that to they they're using that as a as a way to talk uh, to 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 kind of highlight their own racism or or issues with Brittany Griner being home, the fact that she's black, the fact that she's gay. Obviously, like they don't believe that she is worthy of not being of not rotting in a Russian prison for the next decade or so. And so, like, I, I say that they're in bad faith because they, you know, many of those people have never heard of Paul Whelan, and most of them don't actually even care about her. They they mostly just care, uh, or they mostly just have an issue with the fact that it's a black, it's a gay black woman that is that is being brought home. But even with all that being said, I just want to say big shout out to, to Brittany Griner. Um, I hope that she is healing and you know re having a having a a good time readjusting to life in the in the United States and really you know big shout out to her friends and family and just the WNBA as a whole and uh th maybe this is a reason to to talk about a a uh to do a big a bigger podcast about this in particular seemingly because when it comes to a lot of social issues you know, people often like to highlight what they see LeBron James and 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 several other big athletes doing. But the fact is that no one has done more than the WNBA. They've they have been at the forefront of every major social cause in recent years, and I know that because I watch the WNBA. And many people don't know that because they don't which I would say that they're largely doing themselves a disservice because, you know, those, those, those women play hard and there have been some incredible games. The WNBA playoffs a few months ago were absolutely incredible. I could not, could not keep my eyes off the TV, TV every night. It was, it was really, really awesome. So I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that Brittany's home. Um, she has said that she is going to stay committed to bringing Paul Whalen home. Uh, which is a good thing because, uh, you know, obviously we, we, you know, we don't really like to hear about people being imprisoned in other places. Um, but I will, but, 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 but also she plans to play this year, which is awesome. So, you know, good on Brittany for that. And I look forward to seeing her this, this upcoming season. And I'm just very, 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 very happy to hear that, that she is home, that she is safe. And, um, you know that it wasn't too bad. Now I will I will say, a lot does need to change, because you know our women shouldn't need to go overseas, which kind of gets into a number of other things surrounding the money with the WNBA and you know who gets paid and how profits are made and so on and so forth. I probably will end up doing a deeper dive on that in a in a future episode. But the point of this was to just highlight the fact that Brittany Griner's home and. And uh, we are we are very 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 happy to to hear that. So the second story that I want to talk about here is uh, talking about the fact that Deion Sanders is leaving Jackson State uh, to go to Colorado. Right now, this has been a very divisive topic. I would say for at least the last couple weeks. I don't remember when exactly he announced it, but. Um, I, like very many other people were very upset with Dion and it's not wholly necessarily because of the leaving part, but it's, it's because of the way he came in and the way he left. And then ultimately 
proving people right when people said that this was mostly about Dion. Now, that's kind of the camp that I fall into, you know, kind of seeing everything that has taken place and seeing the recent interview he did with Shannon Sharp. It's very clear that this, like much of this was, was about Dion first and foremost. Now, this isn't to say that he didn't do good uh, by the kids that were at Jackson State or that he didn't do any good for the school or for the city of Jackson. It's not to say any of those things, right? But it's clear and obvious the further we get away from it that this was more about Dion getting, out, uh, getting a chance to skip the line uh, as far as coaching because he didn't want to go be someone's assistant somewhere and kind of really have to, to work his way up through uh, through the pipeline that, that you know generally people have had to do if they want to be coordinators and, and coaches at, at, the, at the college or really any level to be to be fair um, but it was this this very clearly was, was was about that if you go back and look at all the promotion that Dion did in the three years that he was there, like he 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 talked a good game, and, and that's something that he 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 very much did. But it's also one of the things that make me sick. Like I'm not a religious person at all. However, you know, many of my friends and family that lives in the South Lake is a very religious area. That I don't think that's a secret to to anyone in this country in particular. And like I don't think that it was completely accidental that Dion was invoking God. When he talked about his calling to, to change HBCUs to come in and change the way things, uh, to the, the 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 way you know to make them more of a destination than they than they had been, you know he talked a good game having uh like many different quotes talking about you know why can't our kids go here and get an education here and learn and become top tier athletes here and then go to the league right and. In the three years, a lot of the messaging surrounding that has completely been undone. Because for all the good that he did, that he has to realize that not everyone is Deion Sanders. And a lot of the good that he did do happened largely because he was Deion Sanders. And there is no strategy or anything that he can do while not being there anymore that is going to set HBCU, HBCUs up to be the destination that he claimed it to be. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. I still feel that they are very much that. Shout out to my alma mater, Delaware State. I know we're, tele- I know we're terrible at football, but it's all the thing. But, you know, the the messaging surrounding everything is is largely the issue here, right? You, he went on I Am Athlete in a now-deleted podcast and talked a big game, a big game, excuse me, a big game about, um, you know, making it a destination, saying that it wasn't about the money, which is why everyone's saying, well, he left because Colorado could pay more. But but Dion himself said when he took the JSU job that it wasn't about the money. So if it's not about the money, then like the how much Colorado is paying him doesn't actually matter because it wasn't about that. Remember, it was about a higher calling. That those are those are his words, right? He said that, and he did all of that, and, and in doing that, he should have had the understanding that doing, saying and doing all of that was going to do several things. One, it was going to give people hope. 
you know, uh, Jackson is one of the poorest places in in the, the country. And much like many other places, like football and sports, you know, are very much a big deal. So so you have that you have that side of it. Two, you have the fact that HBCUs, generally speaking, are or not generally, are underfunded. They are they have, they are underfunded at all levels. That is the reason that they don't have the resources. It's not an issue of alumni not giving back. It's not an issue of schools mismanaging funds or anything like that. It's that schools aren't even giving getting the funds that they were rightly owed because they have been terribly underfunded. And so that's a reason that, that Jackson State and other HBCUs don't have the resources and would not uh uh, and, and good on Dion for, for, for upgrading a lot of that while he was there, right? But he should have also known that the task he, that he said he wanted to do was going to take longer than three years. It wasn't going to take, it, was, it, it wasn't something you were going to accomplish in three years. This is why the messaging is important. If he had just gone to that opening press conference and said, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to build up these great young men, uh, mold them into good young men that are going to go do good in the world and make them really great football uh, players, and we're going to build a winning program here, nobody would have an issue with the way he left. Nobody would have an issue with him leaving because under that circumstance, he would have accomplished the very thing he said that he wanted to do, which is build a winning program. But that's not just that. Like, it wasn't just that. It's the fact that he invoked God in 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 a, in a part of the country that he knows was going to support him because of that right he it, it's the it's the fact that he said he wanted to make HBCUs these destinations and 3 years later he's leaving for one of the worst power 5 schools which gives off the impression that even the be- one of the best HBCU programs, even one of the best HBCU programs is not as good. They're not worth as much as the worst PWI program. That is wild to me. And it's really crazy that people don't seem to understand that that feels like a, like a like very much like a middle finger to the people who you said to trust you and trust what you wanted to build and trust that you were going to build that you were going to do some amazing things which don't get me wrong you on the football field you absolutely did some amazing things and off the field as far as what you brought to the school you did some amazing amazing things however you talked a big game and then you didn't ultimately see it through and you can't be upset with people who are holding your feet to the fire or who are upset with you for leaving when you are the reason who you laid those expectations there. No one else, no one else, when you were first hired, were like, oh yeah, Dion's gonna, Dion is gonna, you know, Dion is gonna make HBCU football relevant and he's gonna do all this and that. No one did that. You did that. And so, like, there's no, you can't be upset that people are looking at you crazy or, or are critic, critical, critical of you for how you decided to do things. That is the part that's messed up, right? Okay. So, like, much, I mean, I I hope Dion does well in Colorado because ultimately, 
having more black coaches at the at, in the Power Five is ultimately a, a good thing because there aren't very many. And Colorado has had more. Uh, Colorado has had more than other Power Five schools. Most notably, in like I want to say in like the last fifteen years, they've had like four, four or five or something like that. But Dion rightfully deserves criticism, largely because of his own doing. No one would be crit- this critical of him if he had not, if he had not come uh, come in selling everyone the dream and tried to really convince everyone that he was one of them. When ultimately he did the thing that almost no other coach, that, excuse me, that no other coach has ever done, largely because they haven't gotten the office to do so, which is bolt into a power five school, right? Like that's not by act. That's not by accident. So Dion rightly deserves criticism, and that interview with Shannon Sharp was was shameful. And honestly, I'm I might go a little bit more in depth on this on an episode as well. But those are just generally speaking some of my thoughts. Um, there are a number of other things that didn't even uh, bother to to bring up here, but maybe I will do an episode on that. We'll see. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the final. The final, final, big, 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 big thing, which is that Dan Snyder is finally selling the Washington Commanders. He is finally selling the team. And this comes, I mean, there's so much to talk about with with this here. Um, In fact, me and Mike are going to do an episode on this, so I won't go too, too, too in depth here. But I just want to talk a little bit about everything that's been going on with the Commanders in recent weeks. So we got the news that Dan has hired Bank of America, you know, to proceed with the selling of the team. It appears like he is going to sell the team. And uh, just as of a few days ago, there were offers pretty much well north of $7 billion for it, which, you know, kind of speaks to the the state and the quality of the, the franchise and also where it is. And the fact that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to like and look forward to as far as, this organization, this organization, regardless of the fact that Dan has run it into the ground for the better part of 24 years. But even with that, that is such a major thing because as a lifelong fan of the team, I never thought I would see the day when, um, when we would get this, when, uh, this, this would very much be something that's on the table. Like it doesn't feel real. And I feel like it won't fully feel real until, um, until it ha- until it, until it, uh, until it actually happens, but that's still like amazing news. All right. Uh, secondly, we 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 uh, the the uh, Congress released the report that they did the deep dive investigation that they did um, on the toxic workplace environment, which you know pretty much confirmed a lot of things that we had already known and that were had been said before, which is that you know Dan led a toxic workplace culture and on top of that he himself was personally involved in several incidents that took place uh, over the course of his owning of the team. And like again, not surprising. Me and Mike are going to talk a little bit more in depth on that. But it's even more reason. Like we knew Dan was a POS before. This is even more reason to to note that you know got to get him out of there. He doesn't he doesn't need to be the owner of a team whatsoever. And uh, going from there, then I'm going to say the state of DC or not state. The uh, DC is also suing. Uh, Dan Snyder for misleading fans, I believe is, is, is what it is. 
um, which is also another big, major, major, major uh, story in itself. Uh, very much seems like they have a case. And if you are familiar with how Dan has treated fans, uh, especially throughout the 2000s, as far as um, as, as, as far as, uh, you know, season ticket holders and, and other people who were just trying to get to games. Yeah. Like it's, it's been, it's been very, 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 very bad. Right. So, um, we'll hopefully can talk a little bit. Hopefully there'll be more information about that, but it is a, it is a very, very, very big, big, big deal. And me and Mike will de- definitely be going a little bit more in depth on that. And last but not least with that story, uh, the Sean Taylor tribute, which, you know, like they have fumbled it a number of times, but ultimately for me, if the family is happy with it, then I'm happy with it too. Like as a fan, like, yes, I can have my own feelings about how they've mishandled everything surrounding uh, Sean. But even with that, wh- who it matters to most are his family because, you know, they're the ones, they're, they're, they're the ones that knew him and grew up with him. And are related to him. And, you know, obviously all of us here feel that way about Sean also to some extent. Um, He very much feels like the sibling, brother, uncle, cousin, classmate, friend, you know, whatever that we've all known who were, you know, one way early in life and then seemingly got their life together. And, yeah. So all I'll say about the tribute is that I'm happy if the family's happy. And they appear to be happy with how everything happened. So... I'm I'm good. So, um, going into 2023, my hope for this podcast is to hopefully put out at least one episode a month. I feel like that shouldn't be too hard to commit to. And within that one episode, I can talk about major sports things. Maybe not necessarily uh, scores or who wins and all this and that. But really just talking about uh, major stories and offering thoughts and having some guests on to also talk about things with me. So um, if you listened at all this year or doing the thank you all for, for listening to, to post game um, and hopefully in 2023, I can do a better job of getting these episodes out to you. That, all that being said, ha- happy holidays to all of you. Um, Merry new year or excuse me, happy new year to all of you. And um, I will see you in 2023. Uh, with that said, uh, peace out. Make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com to find early episodes of this podcast and their other content. Make sure you're following us on all of our social medias. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you in 2023. Peace. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>